Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Childless Not By Choice. Before we get started, I would like to thank my sponsors and my supporters. First, I would like to thank Morgan Air Conditioning, Sales, Service, and Installation, serving Tampa, Florida, and the surrounding areas. Morgan Air can be reached by calling 813-500-7765. That's 813-500-7765. Thank you, Morgan Air, for recognizing the vision of Childless Not By Choice and being a part of it. And thank you for all your work in the community. Next, I would like to thank Alba Digital Media for creating my website, www.childlessnotbychoice.net, and for producing this podcast. To contact Alba Digital Media for your web building and podcast production needs, visit www.albadigitalmedia.com. That's www.albadigitalmedia.com. Thank you, Alba Digital Media, for making me look good and sound good. Finally, I would like to thank Devoted, the musical duo who created my theme music. Thank you, Devoted, for your beautiful music and your awesome talent. To contact Devoted for your music needs, email devotedministries at gmail.com. That's devotedministries at gmail.com. And if you would like to become a one-time or ongoing sponsor of Childless Not By Choice, please contact me at Sevilla at SevillaMorgan.com. That's Sevilla at SevillaMorgan.com. Thank you so much for listening, and now on to the show. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Childless Not By Choice, where my mission is to recognize and speak to the broken hearts of childless, not-by-choice women and men around the world. I'm spreading the great news that we can live a joyful, relevant, and fulfilled life, although we could not, did not, have the children we so wanted. Thank you for allowing me to sit with you for just another little while. And if you are a first-time visitor here, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for stopping by. If you are a repeat listener, thank you so very much, and I Know that you're telling your friends all about the platform and all about this podcast. Thank you so much. Well, today is a special episode because this is uh, the month of July 2017, so this is not going to be exactly a 100% evergreen episode, but this is my celebration month. So uh, in honor of celebrating two years of podcasting, I have a special guest. Today with me, um, well, not quite with me because he's five hours ahead of me on another on the other side of the world, is my podcast producer. He's the person that makes me sound good and look good on podcasting and on my website, which we will get into a little bit more in just a few minutes. So here today with me is my podcast producer, Kevin Scullion, the one and only. Hi, Kevin. How are you doing today? Hi, Sevilla. It's uh, nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me on and uh, happy two-year anniversary and also happy Independence Day. Well, thank you. I believe. Yes, it is. Thank you so much. We are actually recording on the 4th of July. <laughs> so thank you on both counts. And um, I, I keep telling people that I could not do this without you, this podcasting gig, because I'm not that techie. 
to make this the end result sound as good as, as you make it. So I just want to thank you publicly for just really being there for me as my podcast producer and web builder. Thank you so very much. Thank you. I enjoy doing it, so Well, wonderful. <laughs> because I'm not always the um, best listener when it comes to getting things done. So it takes a level of patience, which you have. So moving right along, Kevin, tell us, how did you get into podcasting? Because you are a podcaster well, yourself. Well, so they say I'm uh, probably a, a bit pod faded at the moment. I've only put one episode out uh, in the last maybe 18 months or so. But yeah, I've got a podcast and I I discovered podcasting, I think maybe four or five years ago. I got a really good opportunity to step off the hamster wheel and get out and enjoy life without any work. And I decided to wander around Scotland. I live in Scotland and I love the scenery and I love the solitude and I like visiting some of the more report, you know, remote parts of the country. And I just, I'd, like a lot of people, I'd discovered smartphones and iPhones and I'd found the iPhone uh, app for podcasting. And I was thinking, well, I'm often outside the range of mobile phones. And perhaps there's a podcast or two that I could download in the phone and listen to while I'm traveling. And that just got me interested in podcasts. And I was really impressed with the range of podcasts, the different subjects and some of the content, the people that I began to listen to. And an obvious thing I thought was, well, I'll, I'll look and see if I can find some podcasts about Scotland and travel and there wasn't really anything in Scotland and that led to me thinking well maybe I should do a podcast myself I've always been into all the techie side of the internet and things so it sort of sprung from that idea really. And just like many of us who are in the space of entrepreneurship and trying to build a brand and build a platform as they say necessity is the mother of invention I don't know if they say that in Scotland um, I partly recognize it. I certainly know the, the sentiment of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. So you started podcasting around Scotland, but you're downplaying it by saying that you've only uh, posted one episode in the last 18 months, which is true, but you have many episodes and you have many downloads. I'm not, we don't, we won't have to, we don't have to get into that, but you have tons of downloads and listeners and people visiting Scotland because they've heard your podcast. Yeah, you're making me feel guilty now, Sevilla, because I think I started, say, four years ago, and I've probably got a similar number of episodes to you. And and when I was really on forum and going, you know, podcasting every week, I had a lot of people get in touch over time. In fact, that's that's probably one of the most exciting parts of it. I'd started out, I'm a bit of an amateur photographer, and I'd been taking photographs and putting them to music and making videos for YouTube, mainly as a, as a record, but as a reference for friends and family to have a look. And I was looking at the downloads thinking, well, it's probably only a, over a year, maybe 100, 200 people downloading these videos. And when I looked at the analytics, they weren't really watching the whole video. That was the top headline number. Quite a few people were just popping in for a few seconds and, and heading off. So the big discovery with podcasting was when I started listening to podcasts, I got addicted to certain podcasters, their voice and their content. And I really looked forward each week or fortnight for the next one coming out. So when I started podcasting, I was just amazed at the the sort of uh, how how much the engagement started to take place. You know, people started to get in touch and send me emails and messages of encouragement, and it really took off from there. So 
although I haven't been podcasting properly for about say eighteen months, I've really started to get back into it recently. Hence the episode last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do feel like I have an obligation to people who are not only previous listeners or were regular listeners, but even now people are still discovering the back catalogue, listening to the you know fifty, sixty episodes, and then asking the question, "When's the next one coming mm-hmm. out?" <laughs> And I've been stuck at home for a year or two. There's life circumstances have meant that I haven't been out traveling as much as I'd like. So I haven't been as relaxed or keen to to do the episodes I would normally be if I was out and about. So, Well, um, we all of us uh, look forward to you coming back. We know life happens, but um, I personally have listened to every single episode and enjoyed every single one. And so um, all of your listeners are just waiting for you to come back when we know that you'll be back when it's time, when it's the right time. Yeah, and and the funny thing is I've been doing podcast production throughout that intervening period. That's part of the reason I've been at home. I've been doing more and more web design and podcast production. So ironically, I've been producing podcasts, probably a few hundred in the intervening period, but just not my own. (laughs) Exactly. That's that's one of the things we're going to talk about because you do... um, Pod, you do uh, produce podcasts for other podcasters and you build websites for people. So um, tell us a little bit more about how you do that. Well, again, the background there is I've, I've been on the internet since, well, not since it started, it feels like it, but certainly for 20 years or uh, over 20 years. And I've always been into the techie side. So um, I, I, I really started... In the early days, you had to have some technical knowledge to get onto dial-up modem to create a website, and uh, I started there as a hobby, really. I had some background in uh, electronics and electrical engineering at, uh, as, a, as a teenager when I was at college, so I was always into technology. So I just self-taught, if you like. Uh, I've always had websites, and I've always been building websites, and over the years, I've just kept up to date with the latest you know, developments in terms of the technology and I've ended up, you know, when it comes to podcasting, there are so many people who, like yourself, uh, Sevilla, who are really, you know, passionate about their topic and best use of time is really to consider their content and engage with their listeners and sometimes the technical side. And it's actually, once you're, you're into it, people who do podcasting say it's not that difficult, but it can be at the outset. It can feel like uh, so many different things to do that I just felt I could easily uh, provide that service to people. And I do enjoy, I probably enjoy the audio production and podcast production more than I do producing websites. So I've ended up producing other people's podcasts as a, both as a hobby, but as almost like a small income stream mm-hmm. to, to help me with my travels and to keep things. There's, there's always costs in life, even when you're, when you're living a, you know, a, a frugal lifestyle out and about, mm-hmm. and if you like, in a camper van. So. Right, because you do drive around Scotland in your, um, well, we call it a, um, a motorhome here in the U.S., and uh, you call it camper van. I've had to learn so many different terminologies <laughs> uh, um, over the last couple of years of, um, of befriending you and um, just working together. So it's, it's like learning another language, although we both speak English. <laughs> it's been pretty funny. <laughs> Well, we're, we're, we're 10 minutes in and probably most listeners are just tuning into my accent, just beginning to get the sense of what I'm saying. So. They're probably just getting used to it, but I'm, I'm really used to it, but it's just the words now, some of the words that are just really, we just get a good laugh sometimes. 
But um, yeah. you say that you prefer um, producing podcasts to making websites. But I, I really love the website that you built for me for the the childlessnotbychoice.net um, for that platform. Yeah, I mean the the tools that are available now for websites and the the effects that you can you can produce are really good. You know the the bandwidth that we all have. I mean, I'm sitting here on fiber optic broadband. You've got four G, five G, and mobile phones. You're able to stream videos and do all sorts of interesting things on your website in a way that you know wasn't really practical in the early days. So there's no reason why you can't have a good looking website that does a lot for you in terms of you know videos and podcasting and all sorts of things if you want to have that. And and people tend to think that um, you know building a good website or producing a, a podcast can be way sky high, and that's not to downplay that it does take time. And of course, people want to be paid for for producing podcasts and building websites. But whenever people ask me about who produces my website or built my, I mean, produces my podcast or built my website, I tell them to get in contact with you, and um, you know, not to let the thoughts of prices get in the way because you know they just really need to talk to you. And if there, so many people have been taken for granted and and money taken that did not need to be taken from them that they become afraid. Yeah, and I think if people are doing it on a hobby basis or on a startup basis, they might hope to monetize at some point. Then I'm willing to price sensibly. You know, mm-hmm. I call it situational pricing. So uh, I'm not looking to make a lot of money off of people. I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy giving something back to podcasters because it's a fantastic uh, place to be involved in because there's so many people out there who have something to say, have expertise, have an interest, a hobby, or a subject, you know, an important subject like your own. And they can share it with other people and a community can evolve from there. And so many, so much can happen from it that if if it's really good to see other podcasters maybe concentrate on the things that they want to do rather than get caught up in the technical side. Because the key thing for, for the podcaster and the listener is that the audio and the show itself is good enough mm-hmm. that the production standards aren't getting in the way of the enjoyment or the listening. So it, it, you can get to good enough pretty quickly. And if you're busy and, and that becomes continual challenge you can always give it to somebody like me who'll do it for you exactly so um speaking of that in a way it's uh, podcasting is a great resource it's a great way to get the word out about your platform and um so tell us you know how you feel about it you kind of touched on it how it can be such a great resource especially if you just let it go and know the things you cannot do and let a professional produce for you well as I say, when I was talking about those videos on YouTube, a very limited uh, audience for that type of video and virtually no real feedback. The odd comment here and there. But when I came to podcasting, my experience on the internet for 20 years, or maybe not 20 years, 15 years to that point, had been that we always, certainly in the in Europe, hid behind a, a nickname, if you like, a, a username online. We never really considered... Uh, disclosing our identity and when it came to doing the videos I just came up with a name for the the YouTube channel and and that was that Mm -hmm. when it came to podcasting I suddenly thought well it's my voice that's going out there and if you're going to be in people's ears and expect people to listen whether in the car on the train or their commute or in their some people listening in the shower apparently Mm -hmm. um you you've got to you've, you've got to tell people who you are and from a development point of view, a marketing point of view, and for all sorts of reasons, it's much more relevant and important to be genuine. 
So the first thing you've got to do is accept you're going to have to tell people who you are mm-hmm. and then your voice can be put to a name and so it goes from there. And that develops a, a very intimate relationship with listeners because you are, they give you access to their time and you give them access to your voice and there'll always be the majority who don't get in contact. That's just the way life is. But there'll always be people who will respond to that and actually send you an email or will respond to some of your uh, requests if you say why don't you join us on the Facebook group or whatever mm-hmm. they'll come and join and you'll end up in a dialogue and in my case I've met quite a few of my listeners on their vacations have, have uh, agreed to catch up with me and we've said hello or become friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah you have some friends that, that are from here in the US that have uh, visited a couple of times over there and you've met oh, them yeah, in person. Met, uh, three different three different uh, parties have come over and I've met up with them and I've uh, missed a fourth uh, couple of years ago we, we tried to catch up a few times but equally I mean people I don't expect them to come through customs and meet me you know yeah. <laughs> they can arrive and <laughs> do what they want but some people we just become so friendly through the process of the podcast that it's good fun to catch up and say hello and it's always funny when they meet you because they can see the podcast or hear the podcast and voice coming out of my lips mm-hmm. and it's a bit of a shock you know? <laughs> oh that's what you so, look like <laughs> yeah it's a bit it's almost like not that you're a celebrity, but they find it really funny. Right. And I've met I've met strangers who've recognised me just from my voice. Wow. On campsites and things. That's amazing. So um that that leads into the next um question or subject matter, what creates longevity in a podcast? And I think you kind of touched on that too. It's by being real with your listeners. Yeah, I mean if you can if you can share, get across your 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 own commitment to your topic, your content, then you will definitely get a response from people. You will get feedback and you will learn from them if you've got a Facebook group or if you've got a forum or a other ways that they want to share their point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll find that will stimulate further discussion, topics for content. They may well have expertise in related fields or in your own field that, that you feel you don't have and everyday benefits from exchanging you know, information. So it just... It just develops. The, the the issue I'd say for somebody starting out new is, you know, be wary that you, you're creating something that, that will have that momentum. And some people I advise now, perhaps you want to think about creating a little series of podcasts so that you get a break. Mm-hmm. You know, I made not the mistake that by just committing to a weekly podcast, you know, every week forever is quite a long time. Right, you know? right, right. So it's a cha- it, just, it can be quite challenging to, to keep going. So, the longevity in part is about have you still got something to say? Is the is the content still there? And, and there's so many people who are coming in new to the podcast as well. It's a bit like if you get a magazine on a specialist subject, you'll always find little bits in the magazine for beginners. Mm-hmm. And you can always revisit the same content from a slightly different angle. Or you can update the content because of the time since the last time. And So I think there's always content. It's always fresh content. As long as you've got the the time, the capacity to do the podcast, then people, some of your listeners will come and go, but you'll have a a, a group of listeners who will be regular and they will, they will expect the podcast and they will enjoy it. And so the key is to really, I think for me, I think the key is to be passionate about your, your subject. And um, if you're passionate enough about the, su- the subject, you will find content ongoing. But I agree with something you said earlier too, which is it's it's good to think about what you're doing before 
generally speaking, before you jump into it. And so it's the same with podcasting. Think about what your subject is and um, how you want to get it out to the world, how often you want to get it out to the world. It sounds good to be rah, rah, rah in the beginning and say, I can do this on a weekly basis. But when you really think about it, um, you know, you can you can always grow into a week, a, a, an episode a week, but it's harder to go to step away from it, if, if I'm making any sense. Yeah, yeah and, and they, they, they use the term pod fading, you right. know, somebody who has started a podcast and then stops or just as a break and often it's unplanned and then, then they don't come back for ages or not at all. Mm-hmm. So the idea of pod fading is actually the majority of podcasts, that's what happened. People go in with great enthusiasm and and it's, it's you know, credit to yourself, Sevilla, and I need to say this to your, to people listening, is that there's a lot of time and effort on your part to put together the content, to think about it, to find the time to organise your thoughts, to do the recording, to then pass it to me to do the processing, the editing, the production. So it comes out as a free, you know, free content on people's phones. But you need to be passionate and committed to, to put that time in mm-hmm. on a regular basis to a podcast. You know, and that's where a lot of podcasters reach out to their listeners and say, you know, if you want to support the show, you can do it in various ways, whether it's become a patron or send a donation or join a membership site. Or, you know, there's various ways that that you can just get some money to cover some of the basic costs. You'll, you know, your time cost is more difficult to, to take into account, but basic things like microphones and hosting fees and all this sort of stuff. Exactly. And so I, I probably don't do it as often as I should and probably not as often as other podcasters have at the, because I listen to, like I mentioned on my Facebook live, not too long ago, I'm subscribed to 49 podcasts and it's because I love, I like the content. I love the podcasts that I'm listening to, but I'm also doing my homework on how they produce and their format. And so it's always good to learn from others because none of us knows everything, but um, I probably don't ask enough uh, for assistance with producing the podcast, but um, I, I, I have two microphones now, and I know some people who have 10. <laughs> you know, they have these great, huge, expensive setups, but I've been just biding my time and just making my way and watching to see what other people have and what makes other people sound good. But, you know, the, the podcast producing, you're right, it, it does take a lot of time. A lot of times, most of my episodes are produced at midnight or one o'clock in the morning because I want quiet in the background or except for that beep we're hearing every once in a while. <laughs> Ignore yeah, the know, beep, you the, guys. <laughs> the the beep every minute is my smoke detector, yeah. <laughs> which needs a new battery, and I've ordered two new ones. But see, that's an example where there's a good chance I'll be able to remove that from the recording because it's a sound that I can identify in the software. Right. And, and the software may well be able to lift it completely from the recording. It might not, but I think it will. Right. So... It's, I mean, maybe if I just quickly tell you what the process is. When you send me that file over, uh, I I look at the, the background ambient noise on the entire file, and I attempt to remove that. And it depends on the, the quality of the file, whether it's been a, maybe a, a Skype conversation and there's there's other noise on the other side of the conversation from the, the guest. It can be more difficult. That's why we're using this Zencaster software, mm-hmm. which records separately on each side. So anyway, I take some of the noise out. I do a little bit of other techniques in, in the software compression and normalization and various things. And and that that initial cleanup and uh, with you, because we know each other and you don't have a scripted podcast, very rare or occasional that I do an edit for you. 
you know, normally you 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 just do your do your show, and uh, I don't have to go in and take anything out. Maybe the odd time, mm-hmm. so I'll do whatever edit needs to be done. Some people's podcasts are full of edits because it's scripted and they want every um and ah removed. And I th- I'm not so keen on that. I don't, you know, sometimes less is more. Right. You don't really want to make it, you know, too perfect. So we do that basic uh, pr- processing side, and then and the editing, and then the production side is is then making sure that it comes out. It goes into a final bit of software where I add the bumper music and I make sure all the audio segments are at the appropriate uh, volume level. And then I produce it as a final file in the format we want for, for iTunes and for your site, and I send it over to you. So that because we are doing that on a regular basis, I've got that workflow down to under an hour, half an hour sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it works for both of us now because we know each other and we know what to expect. Right, and workflow is the key. And it does take time. You're not going to have a workflow um, at the very beginning that makes any sense. It's, it's um, just a matter of learning and figuring things out and being willing to make changes, which, well, that's for another a sub, another subject for another day because there have been countless changes that you've asked me to make that I just was not, as you say in Scotland, keen on. So it took a little while <laughs> to get it done. But um, it, the changes have been, been great. But the process, speaking of the process, is basically... Um, and everybody's process is different, but our basic process is you, you talk about your part of it, but my part is, yes, the recording portion. I record my process on my microphone, which is hooked into my laptop, and I wear earbuds or headphones so I can hear what's going on. And that's something that you've been, you know, constantly teaching me how to do better. And then once I've recorded it, I upload it to my laptop to the hard drive and then send it to you via Dropbox. And then you do what you do on your end, and you Dropbox it back to me, and I put it onto my podcast um, platform, my podcast um, onto Libsyn. So um, that's where, you know, I have to pay for Libsyn every month. Again, talking about producing and microphones and, and paying for certain things. The content I'm putting out there is free, but I'm paying Libsyn every month so that I can have a place to post my podcast from and have it disseminated via places like iHeartRadio, uh, Facebook, YouTube, um, where else? All of these different places, Google Play Radio. And so this is definitely not complaining. This is something I would do for free. And so I am doing it for free. But um, that's where the passion for the, the subject matter that you're podcasting about comes in. Yeah. And and when I when I do it for other people, some the workflow can be different. Some people I I do the the final post as well to their website. So another bit I do is right at the beginning and all the way through. I offer advice on equipment mm-hmm. and things, and there's loads of upgrades and ways that you can grow into podcasting. And to get yourself up and running and, and into iTunes is probably the obvious place to to be. That's the main platform right. for for podcasters. Uh, I can do the whole submission to iTunes that side of things as well. So. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of there almost hand-holding or coaching the whole way through as in, as required, if you like, depending on the individual or the people I'm working with. How did I forget iTunes? <laughs> I forgot iTunes in my little list there. But yes, of course, iTunes. iTunes is the place to be as a podcaster. It's the biggest place to be. And so if anybody podcasting, um, iTunes is the first place you go to to drop your podcast. But um, I am able to... I think in two years, I've learned so much 
that at least I don't have to have you drop the podcast for me. I mean, I'm sure that saves you time, but I, I enjoy it. I really enjoy uh, writing the show notes that show up at the bottom of my podcast episodes. I enjoy recording. I enjoy hearing from people who have been helped and touched by a certain podcast episode. People inbox me. They don't always post it on social media for everyone to see. Sometimes I get direct messages, personal messages from people saying how much a certain episode has helped them and and people making suggestions. And so, yeah, I, I'm passionate about the subject matter and about the platform and about this medium called pa- podcasting for sure. Yeah, I think a key thing for me when I discovered podcasts was, you know, I think you call it niching down. And, mm-hmm. you know, we say uh, you know, a niche rather than niche or whatever. But the, the fact that if you have a, I mean, I like uh, astronomy. So if I want to find out something about astronomy and I go to the television, if and when I can find something about astronomy, it's going to be pushed at a population of millions to make it appeal. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be very good photography and music and the narrative would be, be good, but it won't go into any great detail necessarily. If I go into podcasts and I can pick up NASA scientists, I can pick up lecturers, I can pick up amateur astronomers, I can I can listen to all sorts of people. And the key thing when I think about podcasters is that the authenticity that they bring from their own perspective they are genuine people mm-hmm. offer new content, often just because they're so committed to the content and they want to share it, that you can't get that anywhere else that I can think of. And you can't get into a topic as deeply as that unless you go specifically to a library, maybe even a university library, and it's something deep. You're not going to get it from the mainstream media, mm-hmm. but you can get it through podcasting. And obviously there's a whole range of quality out there in terms of people are doing it for fun. Uh, some people are doing it very, very professionally, even though they're doing it free. Some people are making enough to, to cover their costs and things. Right. So the quality varies. But in general, what you'll always find is people are excited by producing the podcast and the that authenticity is there. And that you can't, I, I, I can't find that commercially, if you like, in content. So there's something out there for most people, even if you're interested. In, I mean, I don't watch mainstream TV, entertainment, celebrities and stuff. There's podcasts about all of those things as well. Podcasts on almost every subject you can imagine. That's what I was just thinking because, and that's a great point that you make because NASA has a podcast. Isn't it called NASA Cast? Yeah, there's quite a few yeah. and, uh, and there are dozens and dozens of astronomy and science podcasts, hundreds of them. Right. So you're right. There is authenticity because people are taking the time to make sure that they know what they're talking about. And we all make mistakes, you know, but um, people are really putting in the extra effort to, to, to be authentic about their voice and about their subject matter. So that is a great point that you brought up. So um, as we wind things down here, how can people reach you for assistance with their podcast or website or just to listen to your podcast? If they wanted to listen to my podcast, it's called Passing Places. You know, And one of the things, just to go back to traveling, if you like, for a second, a question that almost inevitably people ask when they first meet you, where are you going? Mm -hmm. And in some ways that bursts my balloon because traveling is about the process, the the doing of the traveling, if you like. It's the the moment of travel. It's not the arrival. You know, it's better to travel than to arrive. I can't remember the exact uh, uh, quote, but it it is better to travel than to arrive. So when I called my podcast uh, Passing Places, Mm -hmm. it was partly an acknowledgement that you will pass places as you travel. 
But there's also in Scotland these little roads when you get to the more remote areas. The roads are only one car width. So to allow people to get past, they have little laybys where you pull in and we call them passing places. Mm. So again, it was a play on words, but it really is the whole idea of, of travel. So I'm telling you, I've totally forgotten what you asked me, Sivilla. <laughs> how can people... <laughs> how can people... <laughs> how, can they, how can they find... <laughs> so passing places was the was the answer to the question. Um, well, <laughs> I knew there was a question. It was answer to the so, second question, but um, which yeah. is uh, how do they listen to your podcast? Which yes. Um, so passing. If you type in passing places into Google, well, passing places podcast, you'll find me. But the, the actual web address is bonnytours.com, which was a temporary URL that I've continued to use. It was a reference to I had a Triumph Bonneville for a number of years, mm-hmm. which is a motorcycle. And if you have a Triumph Bonneville, you call it a Bonnie. Mm. And I worked in Scotland for Scotland. People talk about Bonnie Scotland in terms of it being beautiful. Mm-hmm. So Bonnie Tours was a play in words as well. But So bonnytours.com to find the podcast. Or if you go into your iTunes uh, on your phone into your podcasting app or whatever app you use on your phone, if you've got an Android or even on the web or whatever, just uh, type in passing places and you'll find me. I'm in the travel section, but you'll find it pretty quickly. Even if you just type in Scotland, you'll find the podcast. That's a big deal. I mean, when you type in Scotland and you find uh, your podcast, I think that's a pretty big deal. So um, that's great. And then as far as uh, people who may need assistance with podcast production or web building. Well, I've I've got a website uh, in my little company. called Alba, which is Gaelic for Scotland. Alba, A-L-B-A, Alba Digital Media. Dot com, and uh, I can be contacted through albadigitalmedia.com as well. And really what I'm offering people is I can, and it's a similar thing with web design, I can build your website in terms of what you need, but also show you the whole way through so that you're left confident that you can manage the content going forward yourself. Or if you're busy and you've got other fish to fry, I can manage the maintenance of the site and update pages for you and all sorts of things. So just depends on the individual and that's true of podcasting some people they want the assistance to get up and running and then they're away they love the whole uh, process of producing the podcast the whole way through so i can get them up to speed and they can head off and do it on their own mm-hmm. it really depends on the individual so okay so you're available for all varies uh of uh experience when it comes to the podcasting and with the the web building and, and maintenance side yeah, and when you when you get to where you're at now, Savilla, you know your your podcast is all about the content and the listeners, and behind the scenes, you and I can still maintain discussions about improve your website, improve your audio. You know, there's all sorts of support ongoing behind right. that. But uh, the main thing is to get people up and running uh, and get their show out to a good enough standard that there's not audio problems, because that's the one thing that can spoil a podcast is is where the audio is really difficult to listen to i mean i wouldn't say you or i are podcasting snobs but if you're a regular podcast listener as well as a producer but when you listen to podcasts your ears are a bit like your eyes they, they get tired mm. with poor audio and if one person talking is at a totally different volume and type of audio in terms of background noise from the other and you're driving along in your car and you haven't changed the, the volume control to listen to the quiet one turn it down to to listen to the loud one or you know Various things can put you right off a podcast, even though you really want to hear the content. Right, right. 
So you just get over that initial quality line that it's good enough, and then you can continue to improve it from there. Right, just keep improving, keep growing, and you know, don't be afraid to, to improve and to grow. Yeah. So that's awesome. Is there anything else you want to add before we, we sign off? Well, I, I've got to acknowledge the commitment that you've made. I mean, you've, you talked about the two-year anniversary. I think I said to you from the outset that it can take 18 months plus to get that traction. Right. You know, and, and I think you're seeing certainly through your, your listeners and the feedback and things like your Facebook group that you're getting a community of interest and people are contributing content and supporting each other. And you're getting feedback that all that effort you're putting in is worthwhile and it's, you know, it's appreciated and it's having an impact. And and that's a key thing for podcasters is that there's no quick fix. You don't put your audio out there and three weeks later you're on television. You know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. But it's, 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 it's not easy. Nothing about this last two years was easy, but it's so worth it. And again, it comes down to the passion, the level of passion you have for your, your platform and for your um, message. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. And um, I, I'm going to go ahead and put Kevin's contact information, both the Alba Digital Media link, if you want help with your website and or podcast, and also the, um, the link to his um, podcast, uh, Passing Places, so that you can catch up with him. And of course, my information will be in the show notes as well. And Kevin, I want to thank you once again for your patience with me the last couple of years with podcasting and um, also with your podcast. And hey, thank you for, for the other people that you um, you work with as well. You have a lot of, uh, I'm sure, very happy customers. So thank you for all that you do. Well, we can do this again on the, the fifth anniversary. Fifth or? anniversary. That sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> A plan, and you know, I you know, I didn't say at the start, Sevilla, that uh, I was just thinking in the minutes before you got in touch there when we started. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been a guest on a podcast before. Oh wow! Okay, cool. So it's uh, that's quite a useful experience as well because it's a little bit nerve wracking. Actually, it's much more easier when when you're in control. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and as podcasters, we we tend to be in control. You know, as as yeah. uh, as quote unquote business owners, podcasters people running a platform, entrepreneurs, we tend to be in control anyway. So yeah, it is kind of difficult. And in fact, when we were just getting this uh, recording started, we had a couple of issues with <laughs> with things that we, sh- we should find um, simple and things we tell uh, our guests that we want done to have a good episode. But we were kind of struggling there for a minute in the beginning. Yeah. So that's that was kind of funny and humbling and all of that mixed in together. I'll, I'll, I'll edit that bit out, obviously. So. <laughs> of course. Nobody's going to hear that. <laughs> Nobody's going to hear that at all. But um, before we go, though, I do want to give one shout out to, a, um, I want to read a, um, a quick email that I got from someone. Um, she says that uh, based on a, a, was it, this is July. So it may have been the May episode or the May newsletter that she read. And based on what she read in the May newsletter, this was her email to me. She says, wow, that was so brutally honest. Hats off to you for opening up yourself to others like that. That is why God is using you so powerfully. Of course, I have no answers for your questions. I am not in the same boat like you, but in a similar situation of sometimes feeling, how can I say so? And say when 
I am not even there myself. You are needed. You are not a fraud. You are simply doing God's will. Keep on doing what you are doing. Love, Olive. And I will admit, Olive is a family member. She, um, she's a family member by marriage, but she's been so supportive. And I always love when I hear from her. So this was an awesome email that I just had to share with you. So thank you very much um, for, for all of your words of encouragement, Olive. I really appreciate that. That's really good. Can I? It just reminds me as well of one thing, Sevilla. So, sorry, to cut across no, no you, problem. But if I could maybe say to anybody who's listening that the the thing that tickled me most, or I found the most uh, satisfying in podcasting, was the what's it called, our speak pipe. Oh yeah, uh, voicemail service. You know, if I put it simply, when you put your when you talk to a microphone, you're talking to a bit of a black hole, mm-hmm. and when you get that voicemail, I know there's a speak pipe service on your website if somebody goes to your website and presses that red button i think it is you can you can practice your your message to sevilla you can say anything like play it back if you don't like it delete it and try again mm-hmm. but see as a podcaster when a voice comes back an actual recorded voice comes back it's a bit like you sent a voice and they sent a voice back it doesn't get better than nothing that. maybe apart from actually meeting the person when you meet somebody who's listened to the show, is an amazing it, thing as well. But if there's anybody out there that could, it's almost like a call to action, but if they could go into your website and try that speak pipe. But you're absolutely right. There is nothing like hearing back from somebody because, I, like you said earlier, there are a lot of people uh, who are listening who may never say anything, but it's those uh, few people who reach out that really, really help keep you going and help encourage you. Yeah, and, and my, I'm... I'm one of those people who very, very rarely would consider getting in touch with somebody who produces a podcast. It's amazing. I mean, it's just normal human behavior, but the people that do uh, either want to do it or feel the need to do it, this, you've got all the things there that they can use. But if anybody just has a think for a second, it's amazing the impact it has on the podcaster when somebody actually gets in touch. Right, they feel compelled. some feedback. Right. And I don't yeah, know... I mean, it really is. I don't know how you could possibly say that the button is red when you know about our two-year conversation <laughs> about the color purple. I know it's, I know it's uh, shades of purple, the whole <laughs> website, but when you, get, when you actually press the, the, whatever the, the first purple part is, the actual speak pipe interface, I think there's a red button on the record thing. Oh, okay, I see what you're so saying. We're, so, so we're both right. <laughs> okay. <So. laughs> okay. Well, Kevin, thank you. I might, I might, I might cut that out as well. <laughs> Well, you know what? Speaking of that, I know you're the one that's going to be in control of the the editing and recording. So um, we might have a little battle about what to cut out and what not to cut out. But um, you know, that's that's what this is all about. So it's it's always good when you have a great friendship with your podcast producer, and that they can almost figure out what you want out and what you want in, um, because you've also built a friendship along with, of course, the professionalism of of producing somebody else's podcast. So. This is a, an awesome friendship, and, and I really appreciate it. This is a God thing, because I don't know if I said this on air before, but there was a point in, in this whole platform when I sat down and I literally said, God, please send me somebody to help me, because I don't know what I don't know. Those were the words that I spoke. And not long after, the answer was meeting you on the now defunct platform called Blab, which was a video interface platform where people from all over the world got together just to chit chat in different quote unquote rooms based on subject matter. And so that's how we met. And 
not long after I asked you to uh, produce my podcast. So it's amazing yeah. how God answers prayers and um, here we are now. So anyway, um, thanks again, Kevin. It's been an honor and a pleasure to chat with you today. And thanks for inviting me on. I've enjoyed it. No problem. And thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, I'll see you later. Bye. Well, hello, everybody. Savilla Morgan here. Welcome back to another episode of 21st Century Hannah where my mission is to speak to and encourage the childless, not by choice women and men around the world. Thank you for stopping by for another episode of childless, not by choice. I'm going to stop. Did I just mess that up? I don't think so. I said 21st century Hannah. <laughs> right. <sighs> okay. Now just what to do is don't stop. Just uh, give it another 10 seconds silence and I'll see it on the tape. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for visiting another episode of Childless Not By Choice. I appreciate your taking the time to stop by and listen in once again. Thank you to my repeat listeners. And if you're new listening for the first time, thanks for stopping by. It is greatly appreciated. As you know, 20... What in the world? What is happening here? You just get extra pressure.